What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. Welcome back, folks. This is TBLC. I'm your host, Curtis Quinn, with my co-host, Drew Luster, up in Gloucester, Mass. I'm coming from Studio 100A in Destin, Florida. We're proud to be back here with you this week for one of my favorite weeks. I mean, I know we like to spread the love occasionally, Drew, but you got to come back. You got to get your pet peeves in. And boy, oh boy, do I have a good one this week. And the fans had some good ones this week. I love to hear it. What a great intro. I'd like to start off by hoping everybody out there is doing well. It is happy National Junk Food Day. So word to Jason Vizina. He's a huge cheat meal guy. So today is essentially his day. Um, for me, I that's me every day, unfortunately, because I don't have the mental fortitude to eat healthy ever because life is too short. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Happy National Junk Food Day to all you guys. Go out and grub it up today or really whenever you feel like it because, again, life is too short. So enjoy the sweets. Enjoy the fried chicken, the carbs. Whatever you want. Yeah, be snacking like that uh, That viral video. Like that TikTok, yeah, exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Remix. All right, let's jump right into the hate of the week, Strew. Uh, I'll go in with mine, and I'll pass it off to you, and then we'll hop into the fans. For me this week, and it, it happens, I mean, I can't even say how many times a year it happens, countless. But dropping, whether it's your phone, your wallet, your keys, your credit cards, money, the side of the car seat and it just goes down into an absolutely unretrievable spot especially like when you're driving per se and you have to like stop the car get out get your flashlight on your phone out stick your whole head underneath the seat and then somehow fit your hand or arm in there to jar that thing loose and that is my hate of the week. I think it's up there for one of my best submissions, along with Instagram birthday posters. Um, But we'll let the crowds decide that one. We'll move on to yours. So that is absolute gold. I think for me, the phone is the most common. Typically, the keys enter the car and go directly into the ignition of the vehicle. And as soon as I... So I have you know separate, what I mean? I have separate apartment keys, so I, I toss those in That's, the uh, yeah. cup holder, and sometimes those, you know, they don't make it to the cup holder. They rim out, they yeah. rim out, and go right into the abyss. Yeah, I feel that. I have all mine on like this centralized keychain, so I don't have that problem. Wallet is typically either in my pocket or in the cup holder, but the phone is the big one. When it slides down there, I am immediately so pissed off. And the worst part about it is too something to relate to this is this happened to John Cuckoo on the friggin' train from the Bruins game. Yep. On the I mean, can you can you think of a more disgusting place to drop your phone into a little crack on the side? It was between the wall and like the seat oh. and it just went down there. Imagine the stuff people are sticking in oh. there. Oh, Dude, imagine lifting up that seat. The guy comes over so John's trying to fish it out of the seat. Yeah. And eventually the one of the ticket guys comes over and just rips the seat off the hinges and grabs the phone. I'm like First off, I didn't know you could just rip the hinges right off the seat. 
Second, I can't think of a worse place to for your phone to fall than like the MBTA in between the wall and the seat. I mean, that is absolutely repulsive. And I think that's easily in the Hall of Fame because it's so absolutely relatable. It happens to every, everybody all the damn time. Yeah. What do you got? And with that said, this is one that I kind of just thought of today. It doesn't happen to me a ton, but when it does, I feel like an absolute jamoke, just an absolute idiot. Like, I could, when this happens, I want to just melt into the ground and disappear. So, my hate of the week is when you think someone's waving to you, like across the way, and you start to wave and acknowledge them, and then you realize they're not, and you kind of look behind you or look to the side, yeah. and you realize they're engaging with somebody else, and you kind of have to you know, remove yourself from the position, slowly put down your hand, retract anything you were attempting to say, because it just, it's just, for me, one of the most uncomfortable situations ever. It makes you look like a total idiot. Yeah, there's. I think there's two ways to go about it. Like you're saying, that just complete removal. Like put the hand down, head down, just get out of there as oh my quick God. as possible. Or you can play it off, you know, like the the wave, and then just like the wave to yourself or something. Make make fun of yourself doing it. But I'll do that all the time. Like high five myself yeah. or shake my own hand if somebody leaves me hanging. Twenty four seven. Yeah, absolutely. So, so and are, now you're talking about is it somebody you know? who you're waving to or is it just a random passerby or both no typically i'm i'm thinking of it as somebody who i know not like a really good friend because i think then we would be engaging but someone that i know yeah and you know i have the wherewithal to be like okay i'm gonna say hello to this person and wave to them and maybe i just don't get their attention like like a, a great example would be at a restaurant or a bar outside of a park somewhere where there's a lot of people and there's some distance between you guys and a lot of different things happening. And like, you know, you, you think they're looking at you. They're looking at someone behind you. It's it's the freaking worst. It's awful. That's true. So, you know, disclaimer out to all the folks walking around Gloucester or seeing Drew. Give him a wave and make him feel this pain all the time. <laughs> make me feel the love. Just acknowledge my existence when I try to Ugh. extend my hand to you. Yes, uh, now on to the fan submissions. Uh, do you have any honor rolls? My honor roll, pretty simple one, but spider web to the face. Uh, we did our mileage contest this week, and yeah. we got some results coming out on Facebook, Instagram with that. But I got a spider web to the face, and I, I wrote it immediately down in my notes on my phone. I said, man, that's something that happens all the time, and you just you hate it. I think my honorable mention would be blisters. I got two of them right here. I don't know if you can see them. Oh, I can see Boom. Them. Boom. I dug a humongous hole oh. with John and some friends on Saturday. That's a big and, mistake by you guys not thinking of the blisters because dude, it was... Dude, didn't it, think of it for a second. It's a wooden shovel too, correct? There's no No, grip. It, it had grips and everything. Had gri- okay. I think I was just grasping it too tight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I don't think I was shoveling for two minutes and I already felt the stinging in the skin. And then me being an idiot, I bite off the dead skin and it's just an exposed blister. And then I go swimming and I feel like somebody's pouring acid on my hands. So that, I mean, it almost, you know, plays to you having soft hands, kind of some desk hands, some would say. Not not tough hands, not tent hands that that you used to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can refer, there's a tent 
there's a type of physicality and a type of, you know, kind of, I guess, energy that, that comes with tenting. And I, I completely grown out of that. I, I said, it like you said, I have, I have some of this, I, I, every time I go to the shower, I'm applying some cream to the hands. I would like to pride myself on the softness of them. Yeah. And yeah, you could consider them desk hands and they just got absolutely torn apart. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, like a, a plumber, a carpenter, somebody who's working every day with hands, they go down there and dig that, that hole you guys dug. They're probably yeah. hands feel great the next day. Nothing like nothing. Amazing. Happened. Oh yeah, exactly. But yeah, you do hate to see it. And let's move on to the fans. Now, this is my candidate for first ballot hall of fame. This one comes from Tommy Philburn, uh, Air Force guy I met down at training in Texas. He says, don't you just hate when you get the CVS receipt that is like an ancient scroll that comes out of, you know, the self-serve cashier or from the mm-hmm. cashier themselves? And you almost just want to say to, like, the cashier, like, I don't need the receipt. But then you're almost enthralled by how long that CVS oh my God. keeps printing and you're like, this can't possibly keep going. You think, you think that it's going to end and it never ends when you think you're, you're always impressed with how long it goes. It's incredible. And especially at the self-serve station where you're scanning everything yourself. Yeah. The, the actual, you know, delivery of the receipt takes longer than the process of checking and backing everything out yourself. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, how we get that in the first ballot hall of fame, I don't know the exact process. We got to come up with a list for these. I think yep. that could be elected as, you know, the second of all time behind Mike Lester's, uh, what was, what was it? The finance manager. Yeah. The guy. business finance manager who tries to up the ante when you go to pick up the car and she asks you, but yep. And then, oh yeah, you got any fan submissions on your side of the house? So we got a couple responses on Instagram I can get into. You can dive right in. All righty. We had Johnny Kooks, friend of the pod, fellow digger of holes at Good Harbor Beach. And this one's related to that a little. He says, sand, point blank, and how it's impossible to get rid of. That's a great one because whenever you come home from the beach, we, we were a house that you'd go outside, you'd use the hose, take your sandals off, rinse off the legs. And you were usually pretty good to go because, you know, the upper body or anything above the knees usually didn't have any sand on it. You just went swimming or something to get the rest off. Uh, But that was how we went about it. But I can see how if you don't do that, then, you know, maybe going into the shower and then getting it off, it's it's awful. I I agree. It it hangs around if you don't take care of it. And and sometimes you don't even know, like... There'll be times where I think that I've done a good enough job to like wipe all the sand off my feet in the mm-hmm. truck before I get out. And then I come inside and it's just pouring off me. And I'm like, what in the world? So I think that would be, you know, the the sin of going to the beach and, and coming back and thinking you're good. The wipe down of the towel does a good job to, you know, limit the damage when it comes to the car mats and getting sand in the car. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. It, in no way you know, gets all that sand off of there. You need, you need some water. You need some power behind that water to get rid of, get rid of all the sand. hundred percent. And then we, our last one this week, uh, we had from EJ Santarpio, this fourth submission, fourth submission. That's the highest we've had. We love the lead. We've seen a couple of threes. Um, and then a couple of twos as well. 
But he says, related to Evan's dryer one a couple weeks okay. ago, when your favorite shirt shrinks in the dryer, don't even know how that works. The science is iffy. It's tough. Uh, there's nothing worse, especially if it's a new shirt and you don't, you're not sharp enough to realize that, like, hey, you know, I've been through the ringer a couple times. I, I've been beat too many times to a point where I'm playing it conservative. If it's a new shirt that I love, I'm just hanging it up on the dryer rack and I'm not even risking it for the biscuit. Yeah. But there are times where it just slips your mind or you're not, you know, on your game that day and a shirt shrinks and it sucks. It's absolutely miserable because there's no going back. There's nothing that you can do to fix that. It's over. The damage is done. And it's just like, what the heck? I'm going to be honest with you, Drew. I don't know if I've ever experienced this firsthand other than, you know, when I was like a kid when it was a lot of cotton shirts. I feel like now yep. with the poly, is it polyester? Uh, I think so, yeah. Or like the, you know, the dry fit stuff. They don't really shrink at all, for me at least. And then yep. the, the few cotton shirts I do have are... I, I don't know what it is, but they don't shrink. I've never had it, so I can't attest yeah. to this. But if it was my favorite shirt and it did shrink and I couldn't particularly wear it without looking like a, a schmedium, then that would, exactly. that would stink. It's tough. And it ha I think for me, it's happened with sweatshirts and things like that more often than not now because those are more cotton and you, you leave that in the dryer, it's going to shrink up to nothing. So yeah, um, it, that's absolutely brutal. That's it. That's a great one. With that, that'll wrap up Hates of the Week. Next week, we'll be on to love. We'll uh, get into a couple we missed last week, too. There are a few good ones. But let's move on to our Average Joe of the Week this week. First two-time guest of the pod. He was on a two-week suspension, but he's back. Let's go talk back to Billy. Back with a vengeance. Let's talk to Billy and unpack the bag. And here we are, folks, with our prestigious guest, William J. Fosbury of the Tent Co., as I like to call it. Uh, how are you doing today, Billy? I'm doing great. You know, I had the day off. I could wind down, have a nice nice day in the AC. We'll warm up here. Yeah, it's toasty down here. Uh, I assume it's ten times hotter. Yeah, well, it's just 90 every day. The humidity's high, so you get... You get that nice sweat whenever you get outside and just put a little, a couple miles in per se, uh, going out and exercising. But we're doing the Average Joe of the Week segment. We're going to talk a little about your job. Uh, why don't you give us just a lay of the land? I know Drew is also partake, partook in this. Job. I'm an alumnus. Yeah, he's a, he's a tent co alumni. And let's hear it. Alrighty, so the fancy way I like to say it is uh, I'm in the non-permanent structure business. Okay, I like that. Uh, it's kind of, kind of pretty much an engineer. Um, pretty, mu pretty much. Pretty much. An engineer uh, without the degree, some would say. A real, yeah. a real world engineer. Yeah, it, some, some would say better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of wedding tents, graduation tents. For the rain, like rain plant tents, everything, you name it, we got it. Chairs, tents, grills, heaters, furniture, you name it, it's there. Have some strapping young lads, drop it off like myself. <laughs> any any time of the day, rain or shine, snow, sleet, we're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
long that's, that's a good little ad that's a good little ad bit yeah, so I think for me um, my first question I guess for you Billy would be I'll preface it by saying it's a lot harder than it looks can we agree on that oh absolutely. a lot of what happens on the day just the general day-to-day is a hell of a lot harder than it looks so my first question for you would be what is the biggest I guess most vital important piece of information that you wish you knew before you started day one, after what two and a half, three? Maybe this could be four years. This is we're coming up on five. This is four into five, I think. Call it five. Uh, lost count. Lost count. Um, one thing from day one. Uh, probably say don't wear any nice clothing. It's probably day one. That if anyone told me that, you know, first day, that'd be a good tip to know. Uh, things just get ruined there. No matter what you wear there, it's going to be ruined within a week. So, Ripped. Yeah. You know, it could be oh. torn off your body. There could be grease stains. It could be – you name it, right? Yeah. But, what what you know, are we talking for attire? Are you just going like gym shorts and a T-shirt? Is that the uh, standard Well, there? I like I like to look a little professional with some khaki shorts or something, but like the dry fit so you can still like move around. That's a big – Big go-to, and yep. then any kind of old T-shirt. Any old T-shirt. You know what? I went. I went with the word. Uh, de- shout out to Nelson's on Main Street. Uh, I used to go with them. They have the Carhartt shorts there. They're like. Oh yeah. They're like khaki shorts almost, but they have that flex to them. It's and all about. They sort of have that material where they don't really absorb like you know, grease or rain or anything or like it. it it's it's an interesting texture. It's sort of a cross between like a. A carpenter type of short and like a gym short with the flexibility of both. Yeah. It's like a hybrid, but shout out Nelson's. They got some good stuff down there. Good rain gear. Hell yeah. All right, Bill. I got a question for you, and this one somewhat comes from the fans, but I'm just thinking, you know, Drew playing up this like toughness as- aspect of this job. He was once told, you know, he couldn't cut it being a lifeguard at the beach. How does this stack up, some would say? to, you know, the mental toughness it takes and the physical endurance to be the lifeguard for those eight-hour days, 95-degree heat at Good Harbor, the place is packed, kids are in the water drowning. How does it stack oh, up? Well, they wouldn't be drowning if uh, you're doing your job right. But um, We've had no drownings. No drownings okay. well, that's on good. That's while good I was news. there. I can't speak to this year. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to try to the little being a lifeguard or anything, but Tenton is a whole another ball game. There's blood, sweat, and tears gone into it. You have to be physically, mentally, and emotionally tough to withstand the the toll, the grind we call it. You know, in there, in and out every day. Just those long summer just weeks and it just never seemed to end. It's 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 a lot. So you would you would venture to say then that Drew could cut it because there was at the time a head lifeguard we won't name names that said you know he, he just didn't think he had it he didn't think he had the mental capacity maybe to do it. Well, I mean I don't know if I would trust him to save a life, but <laughs> oh, okay. in my experience, uh, he he's a, a valid tenter, so I'll give him that. Okay, I, I'd like to I'd like to. I'd like to have a word here. I, yeah. I've been through the, the gamut a couple times, Bill. Am I right? There's been some long days and some, some early mornings and some long nights and some not-so-favorable conditions. 
We're up to our ankles in, in just rain, oh, trying God. to fold tent. We're, you know, it's 103 degrees or it's 44 degrees, doesn't matter. It's more about mental toughness than anything because the hours that you log, like, I would say between May and June, on average, it's, what, 70, 70 minimum a week probably hours. Yeah. I mean, you're getting up – you're probably getting up towards, like, 75, 80 nowadays, like, when things were hopping. So, mentally, you got to have it in you. You got to there's, – there's, we've seen some tenters come and go pretty quick, too. Like, let's not – let's not act like it's for any everybody. Yeah. Like, it, it's not a two-way street, Kurt, and I'll say – I'll be the first to say we've seen some come and go pretty quick. Oh, I mean, it's like a running back in the NFL, very short lifespan. Oh, yeah, true. That place is like a deli. They take a ticket, get your food, get out of there. I mean, it's there's a <laughs> lot of turnover going on at the tent co. Year Unless, to year. It, Billy seems to have lost his deli ticket, or maybe they lost it behind the counter and that they, they're not he's keeping track. He's been waiting for that, you know. He's been waiting for his half turkey. pound of yeah. He's been waiting for his half pound of roast beef and American cheese for about four years. Oh, yeah. Now, Bill, what we usually ask our guests, you know, best and worst aspects of the job. Uh, I can venture to see some of the best aspects of this one. I, I would like to hear some of the worst as well. I'm, I'm more of a – I like to think I'm optimistic, but I love hearing the pessimistic stuff. All right, I'm going to start with the good stuff because it'll be quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with probably working outside. You know, that's fun. Yep. You know, get, getting some sun. Vitamin C, D. I don't know which one it is, but sunlight's good. I think it's vitamin um, D. I believe. Is it vitamin? All right. Yeah. I'm going with with what you're saying. Uh going different places is also pretty cool. You know, you're not in the same spot every day. What's well, farthest different. you've traveled? Now that we talk about that, it's uh, a great question. I know it's a New England based company. It's pretty wide. Uh, I've been out of New England. Perfect. In, in Eventco, uh, in a box truck, we went to New York at okay. like. Uh, a GE, like, it was like a college campus. The place was crazy. We did a job for another company, but, um, yeah, that about wraps up all the good stuff. Uh, <laughs> short list. Yep. Uh, bad stuff, we'll say, not knowing when you're working the day before, like, for the, for the next day, uh, not knowing any day when you're getting out. This uh, is a big one. You know, it's kind of just, yeah. You'd think, I, I don't want to, you know, belittle anything going on there, but you'd think that would be taken care of pretty easily with, you know, a, a scheduler, an organizer, uh, just yeah. basic company stuff. You, you'd think that, but, you know, time's getting a little wild. Yeah, that's the way the cookie uh, crumbles, yeah. especially if you're pounding out a lot of those hours and, and they're... You know, taking in ten, ten orders that day and has to get up yeah. the next day type of deal. I, I think it's I think it's the relaxed atmosphere. You're outside, you're with your buddies, you can you can do things I'll just put it this way, you can do things that you probably wouldn't get away with in other jobs. I'll just leave it at that. I think Billy knows what I'm talking about and Curtis I'm you know. Yeah. Um and deservingly so. I mean the work that is done and the hours that are put in, you you definitely there needs to be a caveat, and I think part of it is being able to be outside all day with your buddies, just kind of shooting the shit and doing some other things that enhance your uh, how you feel. I'll just keep it at that. Yeah, the, the uh, scales have to balance themselves out it, with the exactly, good and bad. especially especially in this type of environment. Um, but yeah, I would agree with Billy too. The the piece on the hours was. 
definitely tough I, to get used I to. I couldn't take it. Like my mind uh, couldn't take it. Not knowing, I wouldn't wake up the next day. I, I just it, it's almost a game. It's almost a game. Like you know, are you gonna get out at noon? Or are you gonna get out at six, eight? It's, you don't it's really like know. It's like you're at a casino, and you know the roulette table is your work schedule. Yeah. And oh, and yeah. I, I think Billy. I, I won't speak for Billy, but I think we both kind of, after at least a year and a half, two years, got an idea. Like, we can kind of tell when you go in that day. You kind of get the vibe of what kind of day it's going to be, depending on what day, what literally what day of the week it is. Or, you know, I think naturally, Billy can attest to this. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are a lot slower. We could, you know, we'd hit, we'd be at the Captain Callis Bar by noon, drinking rum buckets. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday rolls around and you could be out at, you're, you're still in the parking lot loading up trucks at 8 30 9 o'clock at night getting ready for the weekend so comes with the territory comes with the job and uh you know as is it gordon ramsay or whoever says if you can't take the heat get out of the kitchen that's what i say absolutely uh drew you got any closing questions here for bill maybe any off topic i do subjects yeah i mean so i'm just gonna kind of sprinkle in my love of the week from last week that i didn't get to share which is Sports in general, very okay. easy. Yep. Uh, let me just take a look at my notes. We have the Red Sox this Friday. We have the Celtics next Friday, the 31st. And then we have the Bruins that same Sunday. All official, starting back up, everything. I'm super excited. I cannot even wait. Like, I've been waiting too damn long for this. So I'm going to put Billy on the spot. Go Bees. I think I know what he's going to say. But gun to your head, non-biased type of answer is what I want from you. So Who has you. a better chance of making their respective finals, the Celtics or the Bruins, based on everything that you know up to this point? The Boston Bruins. Why? I want to know why. I think what they have shown that they can do throughout the course of the season, just this year, this is just disregarding all the, uh, the stuff going on outside of the sport, but they've been the best team in the NHL. We can all agree on that, correct? Yes. They have the best goaltender in the league right now. I love Tuka Rask. Hide behind Dirty. your hands. Hide Dirty. behind your hands, Kurt. He's having a hell of a season. No, Dr- Billy, he always has great regular seasons. Okay, well, they haven't played in the postseason yet. No, I know. I, so, I just, you know how I get when the it's sample a, size. a game seven, I just get nervous when Tuka's in the net and those, those softies sneak past. And all the Tuka guys will come out and say, well, that's not his fault. You know, he's been great all year. They had to play better. It's like, yes, but there are just some saves in the playoffs that you you need to win games, and there's just been some of those Game 7 finishers. You're like, man, we could have used that one there. I, just, I think they have plenty of depth, like just throughout the lineup everywhere. Um, I mean, as I long as Pasta can get out there, that's what we need right now. I we need to figure He's got to figure out his deal. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just saying this off a whim, but I feel like it's harder in hockey to get to the finals. It's like a harder path based off the competition because we're saying they're the best team in hockey based off their record, and they've played unbelievable like leading up to before the break. And that's true, but year in, year out, you see, I feel like an eight seed you know, gets through a lot more of the time in a hockey a series of seven than in basketball when they get blown out like in basketball it's the top one or two teams you know are going to be in the finals practically here's my thought process i'll back it up (laughs) the 
the Bruins would ideally last year was an ideal path. Can we all agree on that? Everything kind of aligned, everything, you know, happened the way that we wanted it to, or would have hoped until the final game, final everything. We don't want to, we need to, we don't need to get into that. I'm gonna we don't have to talk about that. Anyways, I just feel like the Bruins have, if everybody who should win does win in the East have a much harder path. I am not, I'm not really afraid of the Bucks. I'm not really afraid of the Raptors. And I think the Celtics have the deepest team in the East. I just like think Curtis it's a better says, chance. I think it's a better I think chance you for the know, Celtics. I think you know what you're going to get in the NBA. I think in the NHL, I mean, it's, you need it's a, harder. Yeah, you need a hot goalie. You know, yeah. you need just some scoring that you probably, you know, wouldn't get all the time in a couple of games, and you just need the puck to go your way, pucks in deep, you know, all that nonsense. Pucks and bodies, baby. Get I can't wait. Luck. Oh, my God. That's what, the one thing I miss is just saying that constantly. Waffle boat it away. Bill, can, yeah, we get a, can we get a, you know, Doc Emmerich impersonation here? Give us give us something. Uh Marsh and over to Bergeron. Bergeron across the pass and actually scores. The Bruins take a three to two lead over Toronto in their home arena. That's good. We'll we'll have to insert some crowd noise maybe in behind that oh, one. Oh, it'll it'll sound just like Doc on NBC. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, finish your thoughts if you had any more. Uh, or are you good on the the Celtics Bruins topic? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Well, well, with that, Bill, <laughs> let's move on to your hate of the week. All righty. So I uh, just recently purchased a new car, and uh, one of the features on it is the auto, I guess, turn-off function, I'll call it. It's uh, when you come to, like, a complete stop, either at a stop sign or a red light, the car will just shut off, and it's supposed to save gas. And... In my experience, it just feels like the car stalls out every time you stop. So I'm not a particular big fan of it, and that is 100% my hate of the month so far. Okay, I like that one because I, I've only been in one of those cars once. It was a couple years back. Um, I have a question. Do yeah. you have to re – every time it powers down, do you just put the car back in drive and it like kind so, of powers up, or do you have to turn it – like? You have to literally turn the ignition, like turn the vehicle back on. So I don't turn the key or anything. So when I come to a stop sign and like I, you feel the setback and like a little yeah. pause, the car will just drop down to zero and it just shuts off. It doesn't make a sound. And then when I ease off the brake, it turns itself back on. It, like you hear it start up again. What in the just, world? It's unbearable. I can't even imagine that. So the car I was in was a, a standard car with that. And I'm like, I would just blow my brains out if that happened yeah. to me, you know? And especially, like, it's all right. I could see just driving around town and stuff. But when you, if you get into traffic on 95 or 93 and it's just stop and go, like, that has to be so frustrating. Does the radio at least keep playing through or does it? Oh, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's just like the engine. Just the engine just zeros out and doesn't yeah. doesn't make a sound huh. that would still get frustrating um yeah, i, I, can I see do that. not like it drew introduce yep. your favorite topic of the week and we got a, a submission here from our guest this week's dad joke is brought to you by gloss the gear shop what the locals wear i think it's brought to you by too yeah. this hat 
It might just it might just be. I mean, that hat is electric. It's a it's a seaman's best friend. Yes. That sounded horrible. <laughs> um, so, Billy, let, let's hear the dad joke of the week from yours truly. Let's, All righty. Let it rip. What do you call a potato in glasses? Potato in glasses. I don't know. Spectators. <laughs> I, okay. That's, that's gold. That's not bad. I like. Yeah. I like. You know, I was I was thinking I was thinking way off the beaten path there and I wasn't even coming <laughs> close to that. I feel like I'm that, never close to any good. of these. That's how you know they're good. If you can't think of it and then it's it just hits you. That's those are the best ones. Yeah. No I'm not a quick wit guy, I think, when it comes to riddles or, or stuff like play on You're words. A thinker. I'm a I like to I like to sit on it, dwell on it a little, and, and come up with something cognitive. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Bill. Thanks for All coming right. on. As always, always a pleasure. Good dad joke of the week. We'll be looking forward to your submissions here on out. Uh, and the hate of the week was was a wonderful one as well. I don't know if it's gonna make our first ballot Hall of Fame. We got a high standard for that right now. But you know, you're coming in probably second ballot. You, know, you can't have everything. Yeah. Uh, first, it, second ballot. It is what it is. As long gotta, as I get in. You got to keep working at it. It's more of a, you know, quality over quantity of submissions we've seen. But Mike Luster's been doing this for years. He's been he's been thinking about that first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer for probably 20 years now. So it, it's a lifelong's work to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Keep, I'm, keep I'm grinding. Gonna, yep. Nose to the grindstone. Right. Thank help. you, William. Appreciate it. See you later. Thank you, as always, Billy. It's been a pleasure. We're going to jump right in to a newer segment of ours, but one of our favorites that we've tried to kind of almost rebirth from our last uh, last season, and it's the Woman, Woman of the Week segment. So, Curtis, if you if you will, if you would, let's hear your Woman of the Week. So... I won't go with mine. I'm going to use my Woman of the Week on a fan submission that we got through a group message from a friend. I believe it was from Michael Doherty. It was from one of the shoe guys. I think it was from him. But this one is an interesting one, and it's a great one. He said his Woman of the Week, almost every week, is Betty White. Betty White. Okay. Someone who's... Okay had the longest television career of any entertainer spanning more than 80 years I just saw on her Wikipedia page. She is... Holy smokes. Drew, she's 98 years young. She's 98? 98. She doesn't look 98. I, I would have gave her, you know, low oh 80s. I would have gave her low 80s. I would have said like 82, 83. Yeah. Probably. Generously. So, you know, props to her. We got to get her to 100. That That would be... Amazing. Now, you know how the old Jonah works. You better watch your mouth, all right? And knock on some wood. You don't come on here, label her Woman of the Week, and then Jonah her like that. So be very careful. I, I, I should be careful with that. Imagine next week, Drew. Next oh, week it would Jesus. happen. I'm, I'm not going to sleep uh, tonight. Oh, goodness. At least, wake up and I'll say at least on my side of the house, it was a, a Curtis Quinn Jonah. If it was a Drew Luster Jonah... She's the, gone tonight. The, yeah, like, right? I mean, she's not, got no chance. She's not. She's not hitting midnight. No, 
No. We'll just leave it at that. That's the power of the lesser Jonah. Anyways, Who do that you leads got me for to Woman of the Week. Yeah. That leads me to mine. This is fairly new. I actually saw this today. Okay. Alyssa Nakin. I don't know where she's from. What I do know is on Monday night that she became the first woman to coach in in an on-field capacity during a major league baseball game. Okay. And I think that's the coolest thing in the world. I think you're seeing a, a lot more of that. You've seen it here and there in the NFL. I don't yeah. think we've seen it in the NHL. But to see her, you know, leaning up in the dugout, running out in the field in an MLB capacity like that on the field is pretty freaking cool to me with the absolute shit show that we've gone through in 2020, everything going on. To see a story like this as sports start to ramp up is super cool, uh, in my opinion. And I hope to see more of it as sports continue to ramp up and things start to come back. Alyssa Nacken with the San Francisco Giants is my woman of the week. I like that one. And to think, like, for anybody out there being like, well, you know, why is she coaching a men's team or anything like that, blah, blah, blah. The game is going further and further to the data-driven side which, in my mind, would mean anybody can do it. Like, people praised Alex Cora for all the decisions he made during the World Series run. Every single one of those was data-driven. If, so, so what would be the difference, you know, between a man yeah. and a woman doing that? Absolutely nothing. Uh, what would be the difference, regardless of, if, regardless of what the variable is and what the, the job function is? If some, I don't care if you're male, female. I don't care what you are. If you can do it better, you're, you should be able to get the job. Point blank period. So. Yep, absolutely. We'll wrap up with our quote of the week then. This one coming from the late, great Nelson Mandela. He said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. That's all from us here at TWBLC. Have a good rest of your week and weekend. Pat Goss, play us out. What's for lunch? TWBLC. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. <laughs>